1: Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild.
0: Portions of the Orders Now podcast are brought to you by proamsports.ca.
2: 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers now
3: with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office equipment solutions North America
1: wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E
3: X on Oilers Radio. 630
2: Ched. Welcome back, everybody. It's 105 in Edmonton, 205 Central. It is draft day in Dallas, Texas. Bob Stoffer with you. A reminder that our draft day coverage. Uh, continues at uh, 4 o'clock today and uh, ongoing draft day coverage for 630 Chid brought to you by Fast Track Indoor Karting it's adrenaline pumping, it's safe, it's fun, fast-track indoor karting, edmonton.ca. So, second hour of orders now brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Digitex has our office printer and supply needs covered. They do it all. They could be doing it all for you right now. We are busy. We've got four guests in the next uh, 54 minutes of the show. Corey Pronman coming up. Uh, he is the prospects writer for The Athletic, uh, wrote for a number of years with ESPN. We will hear from Milan Lucic's agent, also uh, the agent for Ty Smith, Jerry Johansson. Uh, we'll get some thoughts from my play-by-play partner, Jack Michaels, who's been down here in Dallas with me. And uh, and then also uh, a preview of tonight's Eskimo encounter on 630 Jed as the Eskimos get ready to face the Hamilton Thai Cats over at uh, Commonwealth Stadium. Without further ado, straight off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. Again, River Cree has Nazareth, August 10th. Tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. We are pleased to be joined uh, by Corey Proman. Corey, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, Bob. Thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, thanks for uh, taking time to uh, join us on the show. Uh, we just got off the phone with Elliot. Uh, you've seen a lot more of these players than Elliot uh, Friedman and myself have, uh, but there are some themes, with uh, specifically with centers and defense, that are uh, developing in terms of guys uh, maybe... Uh, moving up and maybe some guys sliding. So, uh, you know, I'd like to maybe talk about the potential positioning for guys like just Barry and Barrett Hayton to start and whether or not uh, uh, both guys can end up going uh, before Edmonton picks at number 10.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Cochrane-Yemby will be uh, well gone before Edmonton's pick. Uh, I think Montreal is really high on him, and even if Montreal doesn't take him, I think the lowest he can get would be Detroit's spot at six. Hayden is the more interesting one. I've heard a lot of teams have expressed interest. Uh, uh, Arizona's expressed interest. Chicago's expressed interest. Uh, Vancouver, I think it's very possible he could be a Chicago's pick at eight. I think it'll be between him and Wallstrom for them um but i know there's i don't know exactly where Hayden lands but i know a lot of teams in the top 10 are very interested in him and i don't i wouldn't say it's likely he'll be available for Edmonton's pick
2: and that's i think that's interesting to some people because i think that they envision that he would be available at 10 so if he's moving up give me a, a name of a player or two who's maybe seen their valuation seemingly decrease here as we close in on the draft
1: I think Adam Boakfist could slide a little bit for a couple of reasons. Despite the fact he ended the season very strong, he was named the best defenseman in the IIHF U18 tournament. Uh, I think there's some concern that he's not going to be a great defender. He's small and not an elite skater like Quinn Hughes. He skates well, but not at that kind of level. Um, and he, had, he, had, he suffered a concussion towards the end of the season that's scaring teams a little bit. And just a, there's a lot of variables going on there that if you think it's close between him or, or Wallstrom or Noah Dobson or Ty Smith, that I think teams are saying, let's, let's just go with a guy with, with less risk factors around them.
2: Well, and that's a player, in much to the chagrin may I have, of fans are hoping that Adam Boquist uh, would end up being maybe a future Eric Carlson. Anytime I mentioned that uh, a guy like Ty Smith, uh, Ty Smith might be ahead of Adam Boquist, uh, I get a fair amount of negative uh, uh, verbiage directed back uh, my way. I think people just think that Ty's a a safe player. He didn't knock it out of the park at the U18 championship either, and Boquist uh, certainly had a couple of offensive forays that were pretty entertaining. Um, so we we have a scenario. Do you agree that there's a clear number two at this stage heading into the draft, Corey?
1: You mean Seshnikov? Uh, yeah, I think, there, I think he created a mild separation, especially in the second half of the season, where I don't think... Carolina as having any serious consideration for an alternative pick at this point.
2: So the draft starts with Montreal at 3, and their need for center is significant. And that's why some people have Kotkanami going as
1: high as 3. I think the need plays a part, but I also think he's a very good player. I think on merit, he's a reasonable pick at that slot. I saw him a lot in the second half, and I saw got a high-end skill, high-end playmaking ability. He's not a small guy either. Um I think it may not have been my number three, he's my number four prospect, but like I think he's very reasonable if he ends up being that guy.
2: You have Philippe Zadina as your number three prospect. He played in the Quebec League. Uh, I'm sure he'd love to play for the Montreal Canadiens, and, and it's interesting, because at one time some people thought, well, maybe Zadina would end up going to Carolina, because of course he played with uh, Martin Netches, who was Unbelievable in Edmonton uh, in the preseason last year. Like you know, and the orders, by the way, really liked him. Edmonton though didn't have a pick until 22, and they got Yamamoto last season. Uh, but there were people that thought halfway through the year Zadina might end up being the number. If Carolina got that pick, and of course they moved up into that spot. So once they won that spot in the lottery, there were people that thought Zadina could be going as high as two at one stage.
1: Yeah, I guess I think um, Sveshnikov's very good second half combined with Zadina's You know, he was very he was good as well, but not as elite. And I think yeah, you know, Halifax's quick knockouts in the postseason didn't help his stock. Uh, but I think Sveshnikov just kind of showed on a skill set level there. So there's a, there's some separation there. And Zadina, you know, I love him. So whether he ends up going um, to Ottawa or he ends up going to Arizona or to Vancouver, wherever he ends up, I think they're going to get a very high end skill player and a very high end scorer.
2: Do you uh, do you you know buy anything into like I'll give you an example. So the Oilers in the 2016 draft, uh, you know, they really liked Mikhail Sergachev over uh, yes. Matthew Kachuk in that draft year, and then Puliary dropped to number four. Uh, there, there's some people that believe there's a ceiling in in the Kachuk brothers' game. I. I I love Matthew Kachuk's game. I know what I saw when he played for London in the Memorial Cup in, in Red Year. He was limping around on one leg, and he looked pretty dominant to me. Uh, does Brady uh, Kachuk actually have a higher ceiling than Matthew Kachuk, in your opinion?
1: I think they have some similarities in their game and some distinctions in their game. I think Brady's a better skater than Matthew was. The same age, a not miley better skater. He's more physical. He's bigger. He's stronger. I don't think the skill level is as high. I think Matthew shows when he was in junior and now in the NHL that while he has that physical component to his game, his edginess. You know, he's a highly skilled guy. He's a high. He's a very gifted playmaker. So there are some distinctions. I think they're fairly close as prospects I, because of the skill. I think Matthew, I'd, I'd have a little bit ahead, but I think in terms of where they were as prospects, they're fairly close.
2: We're joined uh, right now by Corey Promen of the Athletic, Corey. So I'm going to give you a hypothetical top nine that does not have. Uh, Hayden, uh, Hayden going in the top nine. And you tell me, if Hayden goes in, who comes out? So Dolan, Svechnikov, Kakanehemi, Dobson, Kachuk, Hughes, Bouchard, Wallström, and Zadina. Of those nine players, if Baird Hayden ends up in the top nine, who do you envision being the most likely to come out? So you, you didn't mention Boakwist in there, right? I did not mention Boqvist in there.
1: Okay, so that I think it'll come down to the... Ooh, that's a tough one. So if Hayden goes in, I think it goes to Chicago. Okay. And in that situation, I'm guessing either Wallström or Dobson get out of the top ten. Dobson out of the top ten. Wow. Well, I, th- I think Rangers want him though because they had have- they drafted two centers last year, High, Shield right. uh, and Leah Anderson are very good. They need that top end deep prospect, so it could be. A- I-, I guess my my best guess would be Walsham. But again, like this is all like, I- I- it's hard for me to say specifically. But that would be that would be my educated guess on, on what would happen.
2: Well, and I, I think the others would be pretty happy if Walsham was there at ten. Would you not?
1: Yeah, no, I, I I've seen him, play, saw him play like 30 times live this season. He's dynamic, high-end skill, elite, elite shot. Um, you know, has all the physical tools you want. There, huge numbers. There's, you know, you, you you dance on the floor if he's there. Yeah, I I would uh,
2: tend to agree with you. You like a player that I don't like. We've talked a bit about this the last time you are on. Ryan, Merkley, what are you hearing on that front? Could you maybe envision seeing teams with multiple picks late in the first round taking a flyer on them?
1: There's a couple of teams I don't know that I don't think will like them, even with the sec- two sec- first-round picks. You know, I can see maybe... Maybe Chicago does it, um, but it's hard. I, I've, I'm betting he goes early early second round, like 31-40. I've heard NHL teams think someone in the 21-30 range is going to make a bet on him. I do like him a lot, though, but like, in terms of where he goes, it could be right towards the end of day one, if not the beginning of day two.
2: We're joined by Corey Promin. Corey, could you, uh, just back to the orders here, uh, you know, if they theoretically took a forward at 10, how much depth is there in the, say, 35 to 50 range for defensemen uh, to start day number two?
1: I think there's a couple of guys that are intriguing. You know, some guys I like a little more than others, or some other NHL teams do. But I know some NHL guys I'm talking to have been pumping uh, Niels Lundqvist. They've been pumping Nicholas Baudin out in the queue. Uh, Lundqvist plays in Sweden. They, uh, and uh, Kalen Addison in, in the WHL I, I like a lot. Um, those, you know, these are all like maybe some more smaller defensemen and all, you know, offensively minded. But uh, I think though there still would be some quality. Um, on the second or third round for some upside uh, defensemen, even if they're going to take a little bit longer.
2: Corey, we, we envision that Rasmus Dalin and uh, Svechnikov will be able to step in and play right away next season. Beyond those yep. two, which player, in your opinion, based upon your viewings, has the best bet to play in the NHL next year?
1: I think Zadina goes in. He's already pretty physically developed. He's 6'1". 200 pounds, nearly or something like that, and he looked, you know, he looked very high end in, in the queue. I think the skill set is great. I think he could play right away. Um, the guys I think are more 50 50 would be both Kachuk and Quinn Hughes. We'll see, you know, how they are physically over the summer. Quinn Hughes looked really good at the World Chip not really good, but like he held his own at the World Championships versus men. And I think gave confidence to the scouts watching that he could make the jump right away. Um, but we'll see what the what their intentions are after the draft.
2: You're 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 rating your players based on your viewings, and then you also end up doing a, a, a separate mock draft. When you're doing your mock drafts, you evaluate positional needs in the organizations and also uh, alignments in terms of. Yeah, I'll give you an example. So Ottawa's got a head scout that's based in Quebec. No Dobson's in Quebec. Ottawa might have to trade Eric Carlson. They might need a you know skill right shot def- uh, defenseman. You got Quinn Hughes who played for Jeff Blashill uh, at the World Championships. Blashill's the head coach from Detroit. Hughes played, of course, at Michigan. Are those factors of yours when you're sitting there uh, evaluating potential landing spots for a mock draft?
1: Absolutely. It's, you incorporate all information, but as well as you know, those those factors might line up where Ottawa has a head scout based out east and Detroit uh, has saw you know. Quinn Hughes played in their backyard, and their coach coached him at the World Championship. I also heard, you know, I, I know Ottawa likes Quinn Hughes a lot. And, yeah. you know, they, it's hockey, it's a sm- hockey's a small world, so I would not be surprised if Ottawa took him instead of Dobson.
2: Wow. Interesting stuff. Corey, how do people follow you on
1: Twitter? At uh, Corey in all one word, and I appreciate uh, anyone who reads the work at The Athletic.
2: All right, great stuff. Thanks for your time, Corey. Yep, sure thing. All right, that is Corey Prom and Bob Stoffer with you. Uh, Corey, reach on the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline. They've got Blood, Sweat, and Tears featuring Bob Ice, June 29th, Nazareth August 10th. Tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. You can text the show at 630, 630 for Westlock Ford. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson at Westlock Ford or check out their great selection today at com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. Again, you can text us. The, that's 6.30, 6.30, we mentioned in the first hour of the show, we talked a bit about Cam Talbot, and I said 99.9% sure. Uh, Ryan Rashog has chimed in on Twitter. I just want to go to that for a second. And uh, uh, he has said uh, via Twitter that he's almost, uh, some rumblings out there about Cam Talbot for what it's worth. I've been told there's zero chance Talbot gets uh, dealt. So that uh, tweet went out 18 minutes ago, I like think we mentioned, in the first half hour of the show that it would be highly unlikely that uh, Talbot would end up in plagiarism. It, that kind of defies logic for me. I think the orders are, uh, I believe, I, what did I say, Brendan, 99.9% sure that the orders, two goaltenders next year to start the year will be Talbot and Miko Koskinen. So there you have it. Again, you can text us at any time at 6.30, 6.30. We're going to get to some texts. We're just going to negotiate contact here. When we come back, we're going to work on lining up Jerry Johansson. Uh, he is an NHL agent. He has Milan Lucic. He has Ty Smith. This is Orders Now.
0: Showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at ProAmSports.ca. That's ProAmSports.ca.
1: Hi, this is Ryan Ningen Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630Chad.
2: There are two Western Canadian agents, because I always give people the option of more than one guy, who uh, who I would say, you know, I think you should have a conversation with these individuals. We just heard from Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He's represented by Rick Vallette, who's a terrific fellow. He used to manage in the Western Hockey League. He's one, but a guy who's got one of the largest stables and is absolutely crushing it with Western uh, Hockey League players and players out of the West and also Finland is Jerry Johansson from the Sports Corporation, and uh, he is uh, a guy that uh, when people say, when when fathers say, "Hey Stoffer, what do you think? You know, my kids." Potential top pick in the WHL banner draft. Who should I talk to? I say talk to Jerry Johansson because he gives you straight answers. Jerry Johansson is joining us right now from the NHL
3: draft. Jerry, how you doing? I'm good, Bob. I'm good. I actually thought you were going to say Scott Bonner. That's who I thought you were talking. Well, about. I was no, surprised well, when you said my name. I'm like, who? Oh. Well, anyway. there you go. Well, thanks Scott for the introduction. Said. That's impressive. Scott's your talent. Uh, he's he's
2: one of your talent scouts now. The former GM of the Vancouver Giants. So, oh he's, yeah, he's more than a talent
3: scout. Oh, I know
2: uh, that. He's put it all together. of the show. There we go. He like said uh, after 25 years, I'm now Scott Bonner's assistant. So, there you go. On that note, uh, Scott Will was once the uh, general manager for a player by the name of Milan Lucic. And Jerry, I would be remiss without cutting to the chase on on the Milan Lucic. Uh, Uh, conversation point. There's been a lot of discussion about Milan over the last uh, three weeks or so. Uh, Yesterday, Peter Shirelli was asked point blank, had Milan asked for a trade? Uh, Peter said he wouldn't comment at this time. I'm going to ask you, uh, has uh, Milan Lucic requested, uh, or or have you on his behalf requested a trade out of Edmonton?
3: Well, I have not had that conversation with Peter, and I can tell you this, it's funny because I I do hear this a lot. When a player has a, a tough year, which Milan did, And when teams have a tough year, which obviously Edmonton did, you know, you hear all sorts of crazy stuff that goes on. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of frustration uh, on everybody's part because there should be, you know, everybody expects more and uh, as does Milan and as should the Oilers. But uh, Milan 100% is ready to come back and play and he's going to be back with the Oilers. He's always been an Oilers since the day he signed. So, you know, I've been sort of hearing these things. I try not to engage too much in, in what you hear, but, you know, I'm glad you had me on because, you know, it's just—it's uh, just—it's—it's it's, it's the energy that the Oilers bring, and uh, you know, with Milan, obviously he's a little bit of a focal point, but I can promise you he's going to be back and ready to roll. This is this is a situation where you know he had he had a, a
2: pretty good first year, a better year in the power play than he had historically had, maybe not quite as good five on five. He got off to a real good start this past season, and then the game kind of uh, went away from him, and by his own account. Uh, Jerry, because uh, he said to me at the end of the year, Bob, it was 90% uh, mental in my case. Um, yeah. So I'm not as concerned as others are about, you know, his physical ability to get the game back, what does an agency do and and what do you do in terms of, you know, you and Scott because Scott's had this long relationship with Milan and there's been a lot of life changes for Milan over the last three or four years, Uh, you know, fatherhood and and moving a couple times, uh, losing somebody that he loved in his life and all those sort of things. So how does an agency help out a player in that situation?
3: Well, you know, we're, we're part of the ride with Milan. So we under, you know, we, we sort of understand sort of how things kind of got off track a little bit. But I will say this in a general sense. I'm not sure, and you could probably correct me if I'm wrong, Bob, but I, I think pretty much every player I've ever had has had an off year before. You know, I don't like, you know, Carey Price had an off year. Brent Seabrook had an off year. And I think this is probably the first time the Milan has ever had an off year. And uh, the one thing I'll say about really good players is they never have back-to-back off years. They usually bounce back in fine style. And, uh, you know, I just think that's just when you're playing hockey for 15 years or 20 years or whatever it is, you're going to have a bad season. I, I, I think pretty much every player goes through that. The good players the really good players like Milan. Uh, in my experience, always bounce back. And I know Milan is, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's upbeat, he's energetic. I think he's acknowledged that, you know, he didn't have a great year. And and so there's lots of things we're little things we're talking about, but I think more, more importantly, he's just going to come back ready to roll, and I think the team's going to bounce back too. I think the Edmonton Oilers are a really good club. Obviously, two years ago they were excellent, and like a lot of teams, they had a setback last year. You know, and I and I expect that you know the whole group will take a big step forward. We're joined right now by Jerry Johansson from the Sports
2: Corporation, amongst others. He represents the likes of uh, Milan Lucic, Brent Seabrook, Carey Price, Ryan Getzlaff colton pareko and i know you hear little whispers on that too uh you signed a five-year deal with the blues it uh a good deal it was five plus million a season um i love him you know that i i just think and when i think of a player who could fit in edmonton i think he'd be a terrific choice but he signed in st louis for a reason didn't he
3: yeah he did he's one of my all-time favorite guys colton's just a great guy and just a super player, so yeah, no, he's uh, he's really effective. I mean, it's hard to find guys like him. So, I mean, the good thing about good players, you hear rumors all the time, but I can't imagine St. Louis would trade him. Um, and he loves St. Louis. I mean, it's uh, they've had, they, you know, same, they've been a really successful club this year. They took a step back, you could say. Um, yeah. But Colton, yeah, he's just a, you know, I, I think he could play on any team. But he, he'd look good in Oilers jersey. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think you could convince Doug to trade him. Huh? Yeah.
2: We're having a different conference, and you've never hesitated in directing. uh, And and, I mean, full disclosure: you're from Western Canada, you Mm -hmm. live in Edmonton, but you've never hesitated
3: in recommending a client to come play for the Oilers, have you? No, the opposite. Yeah, no. I and I have lots of players that love to play in Edmonton. It's uh, you know, I always thought that was an odd an odd storyline about players not wanting to come here. You know, I mean, players want to be certain places for all different reasons. But right. in terms of not wanting to come to Edmonton, I've never found that to be the case. And obviously now with the new building and you know just how aggressive the team's being with you know with P- what Peter's doing to to make this team better, I, it's just it's a it's a it's a it's a real I think a destination place for a lot of the guys. Certainly a lot of my guys come here no problem.
2: We're joined by Jerry Johansson from the Sports Corporation. Uh, you've got a client in the top fifteen of the draft, Ty Smith. He's going to go somewhere there. I envision. What takes place during the course of a day like today for you,
3: uh, or over the course of this week with a kid like Ty? Yeah, it's actually pretty quiet. I mean, Ty has a couple of meetings. He had a couple of last minute, uh, teams, I think Toronto met with them, maybe one or two teams. And then really actually it's, it's a little bit, uh, just hurry up and wait. I mean, I think right now for sure his dad's really nervous because that's always the case. And then we just go to the rink tonight and sit there and just wait for his name to be called. But, uh, there's not a whole lot you can do at this point. He's done everything he could do. He had a great year. Had all the meetings. All the scouts have done their work. And really, it's just uh, it's just sort of let the let the cards come off the deck and see where he ends up. Jerry, we appreciate the time. Uh, we'll see you at the draft tonight. Thank you very much. Um,
2: Sounds good, Bob. Thank you. From the Sports Corporation, that is Jerry Johansson. You heard him. has not had the uh, conversation with uh, Oilers General Manager Peter Shirelli about requesting a move. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, Jack Michaels, Dave Campbell, in the final half hour of the show today.